during the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace. The following day in Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman, a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatria and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. needs a little bit of introduction to get us oriented as to what's going on. Paul is on his second missionary journey, originally intended to be a return tour to all of the churches that Paul and Barnabas had founded on their first trip to Cyprus and Crete and to what was called the southern part of the Roman province of Asia, and we'd call southern Turkey. Then Paul and Barnabas had a fight over one of the other members of their team. And they split up, with Paul taking Silas to assist him and Dr. Luke to heal him when he got beat up. And later they added Timothy. For a while they encouraged and strengthened the churches that they had already founded. And then it started to go sour thought about places to expand their ministry, and it just didn't work. They said they were blocked by the Holy Spirit. So they kept moving north and west until they sort of got to the northwest corner of Turkey, and uh, that was as far as they could go. And they sat there in Troas and wondered, what's next? And in the nighttime, Paul had a dream, a vision, about a man from Macedonia. How did he know it was a man from Macedonia? He'd never been there. I got that answered when I was out in that part of the world. You see, there was only one man from Macedonia who had statues all over the place. And he had a distinctive hairstyle in all of those statues. And he was the only one who had that kind of a hairstyle. He parted his hair right in the middle and it came out and it curled up at the sides. That was Alexander the Great. And if you're going to get a message from a man from Macedonia, I guess he's the one to do it. 
So the dreamy man was saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So Paul took that as a message from the Spirit, and he and his crew booked passage on the next ship for Neapolis, the closest Macedonian port to where they were. The missionaries of Jesus had arrived in Europe for the first time. The thing was, Neapolis was just a little port town. The action was down the road and over the hill in Philippi, the capital of Macedonia, founded by Alexander's dad, Philip, who, of course, named it after himself. But Paul had a plan. When he and Barnabas would go into a city, their method was always to go to the synagogue and preach there and see what could happen. So they would talk about Jesus and about fulfillment and about good news. They asked around in Philippi, where's the synagogue? There was no synagogue. There weren't enough Jews in Philippi to make a minion, the minimum number of men needed to have a proper prayer service. But, someone told them, there are a bunch of women who did their laundry together down by the river and maybe prayed there, and they thought some of them were Jewish. So that's where the mission team went. Good news doesn't have to start with theology. Maybe it starts best as an answer to a need for help with shared concern with global warming with, or gun violence or mistreatment of immigrants in the U.S. or homelessness in Concord or worry about budget deficits and slumping attendance in a church. Maybe we start by griping together or discussing the news. But when we move on to wondering, talking, praying about what we can do, well, then we're ready to begin to move into mission. Paul and his friends decided that if women doing laundry together was the best opening for the gospel, then that's where they'd go, down to the river to pray. And they found more than they had dreamed of. They found a woman named Lydia, and she was rich and powerful because she was a dealer in purple cloth. Now, purple cloth was very expensive to produce, so that's part of it, but also only the rich and powerful were allowed to wear purple. They had to be Roman citizens, usually senators or something else high in the government. And so she had a pretty good chunk of money. And then they, they found out that she was a God-fearer. Now there were folks throughout the empire, and Paul had met many of them in his travels already, who really admired the morality of Judaism and the stories about how to live a good life. 
but they had no interest in learning to cook kosher. Certainly the men had no interest in learning to be circumcised. And so they remained God-fearers. They attended the synagogue, they listened to the teaching there, and then they went back to whatever else they would do. Paul found that Lydia was a God-fearer, ready to receive the good news about Jesus, because that was where Paul got a lot of his early converts. And Lydia is way more than receptive. She went to Paul and asked to be baptized. She was the first convert in Europe. Not just the first convert in Philippi, but in Europe. Pretty good deal. And she tells Paul, well, now that you have decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. She was rich. She had a big house. She could put up the whole mission team. And Paul and his friends moved in, and that house became, therefore, the first Christian meeting place in Europe. Like Pastor Cheryl, I've been to Philippi. I've been down to the river to pray and listen to the bishop preach about Paul and Lydia. Different bishop, but probably pretty similar. Uh, I've been to the baptismal chapel that commemorates Lydia's baptism by Paul. And like her, I've realized that all the planning in the world isn't as important as willingness to respond to the working of the Holy Spirit in unexpected places and unexpected ways. Because we can stretch out planning forever. Making plans, discussing plans, refining plans, planning fundraisers for what we've planned, and on and on but when we see a need and respond to it, when we hear a cry for help and answer it, the Spirit might just take hold of our stumbling efforts and bring forth something wonderful, as wonderful as turning a laundry into holy ground, a private home into a church, or a saleswoman into a church leader when we listen to our dreams and reach out in Jesus' name, we glorify God and share God's love across our city, our nation, and our world. Amen. And especially we pray for those who suffer and those in trouble. 